and welcome to the Health Nuts Podcast with Certified Holistic Nutrition Consultants, Mary Vance and Caitlin Weeks. Our goal is to dispel mainstream nutrition myths and bring you the best in holistic health and real food education. Hi, Caitlin. How are you? Great. How are you, Mary? Doing good. I know you just got back from Paleo FX. How was that? It was really fun. I got to make a lot of new friends and see old ones and hear a lot of interesting talks. Oh, good. Uh, I talked to Dan Kalish, actually, today, and he said that there were a lot of good panel discussions on adrenal fatigue and that he uh, met a lot of different functional medicine practitioners there, so it sounds like it was a, there was good content and it was a good time. Yeah, it was really great. All right, well, before we get started... Uh, we have a great guest today, Evelyn Lambrick, and we're going to talk all about supplements and how to choose the highest quality of supplements. So I'm going to read our disclaimer before we get started. The only purpose of this podcast is to educate and to inform. It's no substitute for professional care by a doctor or other qualified medical professional. This podcast is provided with the understanding that it does not constitute medical advice or services. Instead, we encourage you to discuss your concerns with a licensed healthcare provider. Caitlin Weeks and Mary Vance assume no liability for any of your activities in connection with this podcast. And you can find us online. Caitlin is grassfedgirl.com and I'm Mary Vance NC, like nutrition consultant.com. And on Facebook at grassfedgirl and I'm Mary Vance Nutrition. So what's new on your site? I, I wrote, I have a giveaway of six paleo books, spring giveaway. So make sure you enter. And I can't remember what else, but what about you, Mary? <laughs> I, um, I've been getting really into this essential oil thing. So I, I've been studying how to use thieves oil because thieves oil is a blend of different essential oils that are antibacterial and antiviral and anti-infection. And recently I had some gum inflammation and thieves oil is apparently really great for dental health. And so I used... Thieves oil, I soaked some dental floss in it and flossed with it and then put it on my gums and overnight it was gone and I was totally fine the next day. So it was pretty amazing. So I wrote a post on, you know, different ways that you can actually, you know, prevent cavities and reverse some certain dental conditions using thieves oil. So that's one. And then there's a fluffy strawberry pudding recipe on there that uses, it's dairy free and egg-free and eases gelatin, and of course, everyone knows how uh, enamored of gelatin we are, and there's also a link to buy your ebook on um, gelatin treats to make in the post, so people can check that out and check your book out, and uh, that's about it, just some, another post I wrote on my favorite spices to use for healing in the kitchen, and, and uh, that's basically about it, nothing earth-shattering. Well, that sounds great. I wrote about, I also wrote about five ways to avoid GMOs at the grocery store. Oh, that's always a good one. And then I also have a liver roundup, so easy ways to get more liver in your diet. And, uh, yeah, I, uh, I recently made some frozen liver pills because I just cannot stomach liver no matter how hard I try. And, uh, I don't think I waited the right, you're supposed to wait 14 days before you start eating it, and I didn't wait that long, and it may have upset my stomach some, but 
But, uh, so my disclaimer is that if you're making frozen liver pills, everyone wait 14 days because it kills off all the pathogens or whatever might be present. And yeah, make sure you check out my new gelatin book. It's got 30 healing recipes for gummies, puddings, and smoothies. So it's all Excellent. sweets, but there's a lot of sugar-free options and natural sweeteners and stuff like that. So, um, yeah, Paleo Effects, I was passing out cards for my new book with Victory Bell, this Mediterranean Paleo cooking, and it had a recipe on it and for a tagine with figs, it's a slow-cooked tagine, so that was really fun. I got to meet all the other Victory Bell authors, so it's like kind of like a family, and um, so that'll be coming out in October. So I'm actually with Diane this week shooting the pictures for it, so I'll be cooking up a storm. Great. And now I want to introduce our guest, Evelyn Lambrecht. I met her on the Low Carb Cruise in 2012, and she is a Thorn representative, so we thought she'd be the perfect person to help us to learn about how to pick quality supplements. And I know when I was in school, nutrition school, it was really confusing because you didn't know how much to spend or what to look for or anything, and it took a lot of reading and understanding to figure out how to buy quality supplements. And it's still a challenge. And, um, you know, we have access as practitioners to special lines of of supplements, so, but they are available to you, to the regular person as well, you just have to know what to look for. So Evelyn has her own podcast, it's called Elevate Your Energy, and she lives in San Diego, California, and she's just a ball of energy and fun, and she's just a great person that's really interested in health, so tell us a little bit more about your journey, Evelyn, and how you got into health. Hi, ladies. I remember that cruise. <laughs> that was fun. Um, so I've always been really fascinated with health and fitness and nutrition for honestly as long as I can remember. And I actually grew up in Belgium, and my mom made you know everything from scratch. We went to farmers markets. We grew our own vegetables, and anything we couldn't get from our yard, we would get from the neighbors. Um, we didn't have to look for grass-fed meat because. You can't find any other meat, you know, all the meat comes from happy cows. And, you know, I always read health books and magazines in high school. And I just knew that I wanted to be a personal trainer because I became really interested in fitness and just how the body works. I was probably already then more interested in nutrition and food. But when I looked at the classes that they had for the nutrition program in school, I just wasn't really uh, fond of them because I wanted to learn how to actually work with people, not learn how to you know, order food for schools or hospitals. So anyway, I studied kinesiology at San Diego State University and with a fitness or with an emphasis in fitness, nutrition, health, and I was a personal trainer and taught group exercise classes for seven years. But I was really always, like I said, more interested in the nutrition part because I think it makes so much uh, more of a difference. I mean, we pick up our forks, you know, multiple times a day and we don't <laughs> exercise multiple times per day. Um, so I enrolled in the Institute for Integrative Nutrition's health coach program in 2010, and I really haven't stopped studying since then. Um, you know, I've taken classes, um, in functional medicine, 
Um, I go to a lot of the conferences, like the Institute for Functional Medicine Conference, uh, the Scripps Natural Supplements Conference, ACAM. Um, I'm going to the National Association of Nutrition Professionals Conference next week. And then a few years ago, I got connected to the amazing JJ Virgin. And when she became a consultant to Thorne Research, she brought me on board as a functional medicine consultant in the San Diego and Orange County area. So basically what I do is I work with integrated wellness and medical practices, talking to doctors and other healthcare practitioners about the latest science and research and application of, you know, nutraceuticals or supplements so that they can help their patients. And it's really, really fun. And they teach me so much in the process. Um, And I've also worked with clients myself as a health coach since 2010. And I've seen, you know, amazing results from uh, using supplements, not to mention that all my friends come to me for that. Well, then you're the perfect person to talk all of our, our answer all of our questions that that we have and that I frequently get from clients. I think people are really confused about supplements, and I often, you know, in in practice, encounter people who are just getting really poor quality, non standardized supplements from mm-hmm. Walgreens or their local drugstore, and there's a lot of studies that have been releasing some supplements do more harm than good. So people are really confused, and we just want to kind of clear up and and dispel some myths and give people some good information. So mm-hmm. uh, so what kind of got you into kind of the field of supplements or kind of focusing on that? Um, like I said, just JJ Virgin really brought me into it. I didn't know about this whole world before um, because even, you know, when I was studying nutrition before, it was more about food. And I really learned about supplements when I got into the actual industry, but so many practitioners use them and they're wonderful. But I will say that, um, you know, supplements are just one tool in our toolbox to use as a health practitioner or just for anyone, you know, diet is so important, sleep, uh, stress management, exercise, but supplements are really great tool in addition to a, um, well-rounded diet and I've seen the effects that supplements have on people you know I've been using supplements with clients like I said and I've seen great results from doing like a simple detoxification protocol or using adrenal support I can make someone's hangover headache go away in less than 10 minutes you know that's really powerful stuff so whether you're looking for you know cardiovascular support or digestive support or brain whether it's you know better focus or attention or memory or mood or joint and muscle support or hormonal support or detox or immune support um, or during special times like you know when you're pregnant supplements can just be so powerful so that's why I'm just fascinated by them and it's such a growing field there really is a lot of research being done on certain herbs and botanicals and supplements and um, yeah there's just always so much more to learn it never ever ends (laughs) Yeah, and I'm glad you mentioned, too, that, you know, it's not necessarily a substitution for good diet or lifestyle habits, but exactly, I mean, supplements really provide you with extra support when needed or during times of stress or or if you're addressing a certain imbalance. Mm-hmm. So what's your favorite supplement to use? Um, I love, I love a few, but I really like adaptogens. Um, adaptogens are certain herbs that can help regulate the body's response to stress 
and they kind of bring you back into balance. So um, some examples would be things like um, astragalus, ashwagandha, rhodiola, holy basil. Um, but basically, they were like the tw- the coin. The term was coined in 1947 um, when a scientist recognized that this the certain class of herbs could have this effect on people. So if someone had an overactive immune system, it could bring it down. If someone had an underactive immune system, it could bring it up. Same with energy. Like if you need more energy, it'll bring you up, not in the way that caffeine would or something else that might give you jitters and vice versa. So it can actually help relax you. Um, So it's great for the immune system and with focus and it can help endurance And uh, they can also be really powerful for hormonal balance. Um, But I take rhodiola pretty often. I um, Stress management is just kind of a beast. (laughs) And I feel like I'm always, you know, trying to conquer that. Um, So that's one of my favorites. I also love using um, Tulsi tea or holy basil. That's one of my favorites that I always recommend to people. Um, Yeah, me too. Yeah, it's just, it tastes really good, too. And Organic India, the brand, has so many flavors. Um, so adaptogens are definitely one of my favorites. I love those. I use all those, too. <laughs> They're yeah, necessary. Use, we need them. <laughs> I use ashwagandha and rhodiola and some of the, the ginsengs quite frequently. So yeah. we're, all, we're all fans. So tell us... Why do you think people still need supplements, I mean, if they're eating, or, or do you think, like, I mean, I know a lot of my old clients were eating really well, you know, with liver and broth and sardines and all that, and, I mean, do you think people still need supplements? I do. You know, I think that we all have unique nutritional needs based on our genetics and metabolism. And so people really do benefit from, you know, a personalized program. And we know, and I'm sure that you've talked about this on your show before, our soil quality has really declined. You know, it's been depleted of nutrients. So a lot of people are not getting the minerals that they were getting before. You know, even if you're eating a lot of greens, um, and studies published in the last 15 years show that much of our produce is relatively low in phytonutrients. So if you eat really, 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 really well all the time and your food is full of nutrients and you manage stress really well and you sleep eight hours every night and you are just feeling awesome, then, you know, maybe you don't need supplements. But, you know, how many people do we know like this? Um, I I don't know if anyone does everything perfectly. So supplementation kind of is kind of as a way to fill in those gaps, you know, kind of gives you a sort of insurance policy. Um, You know, if you're under a lot of stress, we know that stress can deplete certain nutrients in your body. And many people, you know, they might not have low enough vitamin D to have rickets, but their vitamin D might not be at an optimal level, um, you know, where it's where they're seeing the effects on the immune system and um, the brain. So, um, you know, there's a difference between being completely or being a little bit depleted in vitamins or having insufficient amount of vitamins versus, you know, complete malnutrition. 
Um, you know, but I will say food, I think absolutely is your best medicine. Um, but when that's not feasible, you know, that's where supplementation comes in. And for many people, um, maybe not the people who commonly listen to your podcast, but so many people are on a bunch of medications. And if you are taking a statin, for example, um, even if it's red yeast rice, um, you know, we know that your body isn't as effective in synthesizing its own coenzyme Q10. So supplementing with coenzyme Q10 would be very wise in that case. Isn't that something um, that's common in Europe to, to give with the statin? Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah and, and CoQ10 is a nutrient antioxidant that's used in such a high concentration by the heart muscle. And yes. one of the side effects of statins is muscle weakness. So that's absolutely, yeah. Really, yeah. I'm glad you mentioned that. And yeah, I love CoQ10. Um, I think it really helps with energy too. So because CoQ10 is one of those enzymes that's used by every single, you know, cell in your body, so it just makes sense. And you know, if you are like out drinking one night, you know that your B vitamins will probably be depleted. So not to mention that, you know, taking some liver detox supplements can seriously help with that. So you kind of have to look at it in context and it's going to be a little bit different for everyone. But I do think generally it is a good idea to use supplements in addition. Is that why people always feel so low after they drink? Like so Mm -hmm. sad and stuff? Yeah, that can yeah, it can definitely have an effect on the neurotransmitters as well. So tell us what to look for in choosing a supplement. And you know, like I said earlier, there's people get really confused about the uh, assortment out there and there's so many to choose from. So what yes. do you recommend? Yeah, this kind of might be a long answer, <laughs> but I will give you the full lowdown. So I do work for Thorne Research. You guys know that. So I will go by some of the things that we do because Thorne has been known in the industry. We've been around for 30 years, um, has been known as the leader in purity and quality of um, practitioner line supplements. So people think that the supplement industry isn't regulated, but that's actually not true. Um, Of course, anyone can put out any kind of supplement. They don't have to, well, every supplement does have to be registered with the FDA, but you don't have to prove that what's in your, you know, in the capsule or what it says on the box, what it says on the box is in the capsule. Um, But when you look at some of the higher quality lines, they will tell you that they, you know, have Uh, very good quality control. They use good manufacturing practices. Um, They pass all their FDA inspections. You can actually look up online to see which companies have received warning letters from the FDA. Um, So, you know, you can check all of that. Um, Let's see. So a lot of companies say that they use the purest ingredients, but you really have to, you know, go through a lot of steps to actually make that accurate for example, um, let's take a, like, let's say you're looking at a supplement label and it has, um, like, say, vitamin C, vitamin D, vitamin K in it. So when a supplement company gets a raw material from a supplier, if the supplier pre-diluted that um, ingredient with something else, 
then the manufacturer is not necessarily required to list that on the label because it came from the raw material supplier like that. I know it's a little confusing, but I'll give you an example. Vitamin D, uh, like pure vitamin D um, is 40 million units per gram. (laughs) So that's a lot. So it has to be diluted. Thorn Research will dilute it, you know, will dilute vitamin D in the manufacturing facility. Uh, Whereas other companies might dilute it with lactose, sodium benzoate, sorbic acid, um, you know, vitamin C might be diluted with cornstarch and lactose. But like I said, if it comes from the raw material supplier like that, the manufacturer is not required to list that. And we'll talk a little bit more about, you know, people with um, allergy or sensitivity issues. If you are looking at your supplement bottle and it doesn't tell you that it has cornstarch or lactose in it, and you're trying to avoid corn and lactose, you know, you're in big trouble. And it's not fair that they're not required to list that. So Thorne doesn't use any unnecessary, they call them excipients or fillers. So a lot of, um, you know, companies, when you look at under the supplement facts box, it'll say other ingredients. I would always, always, always look at those, make sure it doesn't have any unnecessary colors or additives. Um, one other one that Thorne doesn't use, we don't necessarily say it's bad, um, but it's called magnesium stearate. Mm -hmm. And pure powdered ingredients are really difficult to mix because they're either really dry or sticky with botanical oils. Um, so most manufacturers will add magnesium stearate, um, or other agents like lactose or dextrose to make powders flow through the machines easier. But that could potentially inhibit absorption, you know, in people with compromised guts. So that's one thing to um, consider. Um, if you see magnesium stearate, it could, it's not a problem for everyone, but if you are very, very sensitive or have gut issues, that's definitely something that I would look at. So Thorne makes all of its supplements very hypoallergenic. Um, also, we use capsules, and I would look for that whether you're buying you know, through your doctor or professional line or a line in the store, definitely I would not buy tablets. I would always buy capsules. Um, Those those tablets, just like drugs, um, they have some kind of pharmaceutical glaze. Excuse me, I have to take a sip of water. Oh, so um, it's like the shellac that you'd find on furniture. So um, you definitely don't want to be putting that in your body. Um, In addition to that, you really want to look for the most bioavailable ingredients for everything. So I'll give you an example. Um, A lot of people have a genetic SNP for, um, it's called MTHFR, and so the body doesn't properly convert folic acid into folate. So it's recommended that you use the most bioavailable form, which is 5-methyl-tetrahydrofolate or 5-MTHF. So when I'm looking at ingredient lists, I always make sure that it's as 5-MTHF. For B12, I would make sure that it's as methylcobalamin, not cyanocobalamin. Um, So you really want to make sure that everything's hypoallergenic. Um, that it's well absorbed. Thorne also has the Australian Therapeutic Goods Administration um, certification, which is the pharmaceutical regulatory agency of Australia, which is even more stringent than the FDA. Not a lot of companies have that. 
Um, and then in addition to that, you want to make sure that companies do um, really strict testing. So what they do at Thorne is with every single raw material or every ingredient that comes in, everything is quarantined when it first comes in and it goes through an inspection to make sure that there are no foreign materials, to make sure that there's nothing in there that's not supposed to be in there and that what the ingredient says, you know, on the box it is, that that's what's actually in there. Then when things are mixed or diluted or, you know, if all the vitamins are combined to make a multi, Thorne checks everything again to make sure that what's on the label is exactly what is in the bottle. Um, and then one more thing on the absorption and bioavailability, I would make sure that for... Um, you know, some supplements are poorly absorbed, like, for example, coenzyme Q10 that we talked about before, and curcumin is another one, and I'm going to use thorn as an example again here, but uh, curcumin is the main component of the spice turmeric that makes it really anti-inflammatory. It's also what gives curry powder its yellow color, and it's very poorly absorbed, whether as a food or a supplement, and you really need to eat quite a lot of it and make sure you eat it with fat you know, to see any kind of difference. But what they've done is bound curcumin to phosphatidylcholine. It's called a phytosome. And anytime you see the term phytosome, that's what it means, whether means whether it's green tea or grapeseed or quercetin. Um, and if you remember from high school biology, every cell has a lipid layer, right? So when you bind a compound um, like curcumin to phosphatidylcholine, it can cross that lipid layer much more easily so that you get much better absorption. And they've done studies on this. Um, the, the phytosome is called Mariva. And if you search on PubMed, you can see many, many studies. But uh, studies shows 20 to 29 times greater absorption. And um, there's published research on it for inflammation, joint pain, irritable bowel disease, alleviating side effects of cancer treatment, and much more. So that's definitely something else to be aware of. So yeah, I think that's I kind of, in a nutshell, <laughs> all the things to look for. So uh, I had a question about the... So you're saying that... Let me just see if I understand it. So you're saying... Let's say one supplement company buys some ingredients from another one and then repackages it or re puts it in a different form. Are you saying they don't have to disclose that there was corn or gluten in the first? Correct. Wow. And I didn't know that before either because you would never think that if it says that on a label that they would have added anything else. Well, the other thing with labeling, too, and we want to talk about GMOs, is that, you know, I was kind of hinting at this earlier, but if a supplement has, like, for example, an herb, and you're talking about high-quality supplement companies like Thorne and some of the other ones that we use, you know, standardize the proper amounts of the herb out. But I think something like, if just even if they have the herb listed, like let's take ashwagandha, for example, on a label for a, any supplement that you get, it could only be something like the, the weakest part of the plant, and it, it doesn't have to be standardized to be that much of the herb in there. So that's where it gets kind of confusing too, right? Mm -hmm. And that's why it's important to, you know, get your supplements from a company that does use amounts, you know, that are based on research and that do use, you know, that have good practices for standardization. Yeah. 
so let's talk about GMOs too. You know, talking about labels and how can people avoid? I mean, obviously, GMOs aren't labeled on many supplements. Some they are. Mm-hmm. Uh, how do people avoid GMO? I think the best way is to ask the manufacturer of your supplement what their stance is on GMOs and what they're doing to make sure that their products are GMO-free. At Thorne, they do not make any products that contain GMOs, Um, you know, so they closely analyze the ingredients that are used to manufacture them to make sure that they're not derived from any GMO sources or that they use any GMOs in their production. Now, um, we're going to be talking about corn a little bit later on, but when it comes to corn and soy in supplements, you're not dealing with the food. So a lot of supplements, they come from things that are derived from food, but it is so many steps removed from the actual food that it does not contain any genetically modified organisms. Huh. Or or they... Basically, distilled the protein portion of the food, so that would mm-hmm. lessen the the reactivity. Like if someone mm-hmm. reacts to that food, is that kind of accurate? Yeah. Well, like for example, the phosphatidylcholine that was that I was just talking about with the curcumin, it's from soy lecithin. But soy lecithin, even if you have a reactivity to soy, when people have that, you know, it's either to the isoflavones or to the soy protein, but, um, you know, those shouldn't cause any issues. There's no soy protein, no soy isoflavones. It's, it, they're literally the extracted phospholipids from the lecithin. Does that make sense? So it's really f- far removed from the original soy or corn. So you don't think someone would react to that? Mm-mm. Okay. And I, um, when I do elimination diets with people, and or any of the doctors I work with do elimination diets with people, you know, we use the um, a uh, great detox protein powder. It has a full, it's a pea and rice protein powder with um, vitamins and minerals and a bunch of added nutrients for phase two liver detoxification. And some of those phytosomes are in those ingredients, but while you know, you're giving someone that, you're also taking them off, you're putting them on elimination diet. So they're off gluten, soy, corn, dairy, all of those, and there is no reactivity. Well, that's good. Yeah. So talking about ingredients too, what, you know, there there are two kinds of supplements that we see out there, you know, the ones that say that they are whole food derived, so, or, so what's kind of the difference between supplements that are whole foods based and the others that are kind of synthetics? Well, synthetic supplements, you know, those are derived in a lab, but usually those are, you know, somehow made for, from plants too, but it, like I said, it could be many, many, many steps removed. One of the big um, differences is that it's really hard to ensure potency with whole foods supplements. And if you're buying whole foods supplements, you know, you might as well just get the whole food. But so something um, that manufacturers do, or a lot of whole food supplements, there's a high likelihood that the manufacturer has added some synthetic ingredients to it to make sure that when tested, you know, the amount that it says on the label is actually going to be on there, and there, there haven't been any studies to show that bioidentical supplements or synthetic supplements are any less effective than those extracted from whole foods. And um, 
you know, just because something is synthesized or bioidentical, um, you know, could be made in a lab, yes, but the substance is still identical to what is found in nature. So, um, you know, you and you know what you're getting with a lab-derived nutrient. Those are also the ones that most often have been used in studies. So your, bo- your body recognizes them um, as the same thing. So you don't think it's important to to really focus on getting whole food supplements? No, I don't. Because there's a, because they, it's hard to standardize them? And, yeah. And it's hard to standardize them something. and, you know, your body recognizes the, the ingredient as the same thing. So, but like so I what said, they haven't the- done studies comparing it. What about kind of the mega doses that you get in synthetics versus kind of the the more biological doses, I guess, in, in whole foods-based supplements? Do you think that it's possible to just kind of, like, there's always tons of vitamin A overlap, you know, if people are taking a bunch of different types of supplements or, or certain types of vitamin B, you know, what what's your feeling about that? Um, like I said before, I think what's more important is the additional fillers that they put in everything rather than the actual ingredient. Because like I said, those ingredients, they are standardized. They, um, you know, those are the extracts that have been studied in the research. And they are the ones that are, you know, biologically identical to, you know, something that you'd find in nature as well. Does that make sense? Got it. Yeah. Yeah. I wanted to ask again about the magnesium stearate. So Mm -hmm. I've seen some bloggers writing that it's safe and other ones writing that it's not safe. Can you just tell us again what you feel about that? Yes. Um, I, we, we don't say it's bad. And some of the doctors I work with don't think it's a big deal. Um, And this is more anecdotal, but I have heard from people who were taking other company supplements before when they switched to Thorn, all of a sudden their supplements started working. And uh, the founder of the company, he actually originally came from another company and his wife was having issues um, with reacting to some of the supplements, which is why they started a new company and uh, didn't use magnesium stearate and you know everything got better. So I think that in people with compromised um, guts, any kind of gut issues, that could potentially be an issue. But I do think there are worse fillers, you know, for sure, like the lactose or corn or any of the food colorings or any of that stuff. Um, so, and you can, you can always ask the manufacturer, you know, for your supplements for more information, whether it's on GMOs or the standardization of the ingredients or any kind of fillers or whether they dilute anything and what it's diluted with. And if they won't tell you, then I'd probably be pretty suspicious. Well, speaking of corn, too, I had a client who was so sensitive to corn that she couldn't even have any ascorbic acid or, you know, Hmm. she was reacting to all her supplements. And we know that the majority of vitamin C in supplements is corn-derived. So Mm -hmm. how can people avoid that? You know, I, I don't think that's the norm, this person that you were working with. So, uh, gosh, I don't know. I mean, you can get vitamin C from other places, you know, like rose hips or 
people from your food. So I think that in cases like that, you know, if she, if he or she needs vitamin C, they can get it from food. But then I would just not take any multivitamin or any protein powders that have the ascorbic acid. But I haven't found that, and I don't hear that from my doctors that that's a common thing. So what can, like, what is the biggest mistake you think people make when they start taking supplements? Probably not being consistent with them, and I've been very guilty of this myself. Um... You know, you also want to make sure that you take your supplements with food, especially multis, um, unless, of course, it says, you know, to not take them with food. Another thing is you don't want to overtake supplements, and it's a good idea to work with a healthcare practitioner, you know, who can actually oversee what you're taking. Because if you're, you know, reading all the blogs and you're kind of uh, – buying all this stuff for yourself, and if you're taking a multi, but then you're stressed, you're taking an extra basic B-complex, and then maybe you have high homocysteine levels, so you start taking a product like Methylgard, and you're getting more B, and then all of a sudden, like over the course of the day, you're getting way too much of this, so too much, you know, whether it's food or water or a supplement, you know, can be a bad thing, and it's also important to know your own body, um, and I'll give you a personal example. Um, I have a uh, genetic SNP for hemochromatosis or iron overload. So I have to be very careful not to take additional iron in. Um, and many multivitamins do have iron in it. And if I didn't know this, I, w- I could be poisoning myself. And actually a few years ago when I had um, – well, I had anemia that showed up on my blood work, but it was B12 and uh, B12 or folic acid deficiency anemia. But the nurse who looked at it just looked at the hemoglobin, and she told me, um, hey, take some extra iron. And I said, well, that's interesting. I already have through-the-roof iron levels. So I was a little mad about that. So it's really good to know your own body. <laughs> well, I, I would also caution people with magnesium <laughs> because... I've had a lot of people that they're, they're taking tons of natural calm at night and then taking a multi with magnesium during the day, and that can give you the runs. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah, and if you have um, one of the genetic SNPs for, you know, MTHFR and you're taking folic acid, you know, you're not helping yourself. You need to be taking 5-MTHF. But then you can also take too much of that. So I think one of the most important things is to really work with someone who's knowledgeable on that and... Um, you know, keep it all in moderation. Now, does Thorne have practitioners that they train? We don't train any, no. Um, but, you know, I would ask, well, if you if you look up functional medicine doctors, you know, you can probably find out who uses Thorne or who uses some of the other, you know, well-respected brands. So we were saying earlier, too, that, you know, I'm sure you've seen the studies that come out every once in a while saying that supplements can actually contribute to disease or do more harm than good. So why is that, and and what are your thoughts about those kind of studies? Yeah, and every time they come out, the New York Times and the Wall Street Journal have the big headlines, like, don't take supplements. Supplements are bad for you. So I think they really kind of make – 
blanket statements. Um, you know, you have to take a look at the kind of supplement they use. Like, did they use folate versus folic acid? Um, you know, it's are there any con- confounding variables like diet, lifestyle? You know, everyone's unique. And in most of the studies, you know, thousands of people are giving the same doses of one or more vitamins for years without looking at their individual needs. You know, so they're kind of taking a one-size-fits-all approach, and that's not how any of the doctors I work with practice, you know. So it's, a, you know, working with clients or patients on an individual basis is quite different than just giving large numbers of people the same vitamin dose for a long time and just saying, like, let's see what happens. So, um <laughs> Well, I mean, that's, that's talk- a lot of times what they do, right? Um, and I'd be wary of meta-analysis too because, you know, they can kind of cherry-pick their studies. And if you, you know, if you just read the headlines, they, they're often quite different from what the study actually said. Or if you look at the study, the conclusion could be very different as well. Um, so you kind of have to read between the lines uh, for some of this. And I did want to bring up the study on... Um, you know, don't take omega-3 supplements, they'll increase your risk of prostate cancer. And so what they did for that is they took a single blood test for omega-3 fatty acids and then based all of their conclusions on that one test. So they didn't conduct a dietary analysis, so we don't know what the men in the study were actually eating. And, you know, so it's kind of like measuring someone's vitamin D on a random day in their life and then trying to make a connection with between that and anything that goes wrong or right with their health for like the next 10 years. You know, it's kind of a little bit short-sighted. And um, we don't know if the men in the study were taking omega-3 fatty acid supplements. Um, and the uh, test that they used, which was a plasma level of omega-3s, that reflects dietary intake for the previous 24 hours. Um, so if someone ate like one serving of fish the night before, that could have made a difference. Plus the difference in the group between the group that developed cancer, um, there was only a 0.2% difference in fatty acid levels with the group that didn't. So just because you see a correlation doesn't always mean causation. And you really have to look at, you know, all the variables that they studied and, you know, kind of draw your own conclusions. So... Well, the other important thing to remember is quality control, and there are a lot of absolutely very poorly manufactured uh, omega three fatty acid supplements that you know go rancid on the shelf, you know, because those are very, uh, very delicate fatty acids. Absolutely. So, you so know, you're I right. You just... do take a, a critical mind when you're reading those studies. Right. I think it's the same thing with when we hear studies like, "Oh, red meat is bad for you." And you have to wonder, well, what kind of meat were you studying? If you were studying grass-fed meat, I'm sure it would show a much different result than the meat that, you know, most people eat. And I think it's kind of the same thing with supplements. If you're not using something really high quality and you're getting a lot of those unnecessary fillers and colors and additives and the stuff that's not even the most bioavailable, you know, you're probably not going to see, excuse me, the best result. So... And a lot of people probably just buy their supplements at Walgreens, and yeah, know, yeah, they take mm-hmm. them with their, with their, chug them down with a Coke. 
So. <laughs> yeah. And one more thing, too, with, you know, a lot of people say, oh, there isn't as much research on supplements. But, well, the pharmaceutical industry has a lot more money than the supplement industry. So, and I know that not, you know, anecdotal evidence, you can say what you want about it. But I work with doctors every single day. And so do a lot of people I know who, you know, work in this type of job. And, I mean, I get to ask doctors, like, oh, what are you using with this patient for this? And people just get amazing, amazing results, um, you know, using supplements in addition to all of the other things that we talked about before. That's kind of a tangent. but <laughs> <laughs> So who, if anyone, are there any group or demographic that shouldn't? take supplements? I would say if anyone is on any kind of medication, I would definitely um, go online and just make sure that, you know, taking certain supplements isn't contraindicated, you know, so there are no possible reactions. That's what I, you know, I'd be very careful with. Yeah, that's a good one, especially the biggest one being uh, blood thinner issues Mm -hmm. and Mm -hmm. You know, in pre-surgery, there's a lot of supplements that can actually thin your blood or if you're on blood thinners and then you're taking other supplements. So that's it's always a good idea, as you have mentioned, to, you know, work with a practitioner and not to just try right. to navigate this stuff on your own. Yeah. There's some that are some that you shouldn't take with, like, SSRIs. Like, you shouldn't take um, some amino acids if you're on SSRI. Yeah. Yeah, mm-hmm. exactly. So it's important to to work with somebody really knowledgeable if you are taking a lot of prescriptions. Yeah. I know most a lot of people are on a lot of drugs for depression and stuff like that. So it's it can Yeah, be and especially if you're trying to wean off any of those, whether it's, you know, something for depression or something for um like, if you're trying to get off of, like, Prilosec, you really kind of have to do it very carefully and under supervision with someone. So, but it can be done. But you have to be very careful, of course. So, what can people, you know, obviously, to get a hold of Thorn supplements, you have to work with a practitioner. But what if, you know, are there any brands that you like that people could just buy over the counter? Um, you know, I'm not as familiar with the over-the-counter brands. I mean, I see them in the store. And sometimes I look at them for fun. Um, but, yeah, so Thorn, you can actually, you know, buy it on Amazon. But I would be careful and make sure that you're buying it from a reputable seller. Just because I have heard of instances where people bought certain supplements online and, like, the box or the container had been tampered with. So I'd be very yeah, I've seen that careful too. with that. Um, I can share my Thorn Practitioner code, uh, which is also on my website, um, which is HCP1031434. Um, you know, there are other brands like Integrative Therapeutics, Orthomolecular. Um, those are some of the good ones. But then in the store, um, I've heard good things about New Chapter. Um, I like Nordic Naturals, which also has a professional line. Um Gaia herbs, you know, I would just, when you're in the store, go through what we talked about, look at the, you know, under the supplement facts, look at what the other ingredients are and make sure it doesn't have anything you're sensitive to or anything that 
you know, shouldn't be in there. Um, and just personally, I always look at the folic acid <laughs> to make sure it's as 5-MTHF and most of it isn't. And then, you know, maybe go to the website of certain companies and companies shouldn't hide anything, right? If they're not willing to tell you where, you know, some other things come from or, you know, why they use certain fillers, then I would maybe not buy from them. So I would really look at the integrity of the company and companies should be proud to have really pure ingredients. That's my, my take on that. Yeah, great answer. Is is organic a factor that you look for? Um, you know, it's really, really hard to get organic ingredients. So that's one thing that I I don't really think it's a big deal in supplements because like I said, if it's synthesized in a lab and it's so many, many steps removed from whatever it came from it's very hard to get organic, but it is possible, you know, and I think, I mean, if you can find it, great. Uh, but I don't think that when it comes to supplements that it's necessary. That's good to know. Yeah. So what do you think are some basic supplements that, that most people should take or, you know, healthy people or? Well, um, I would say a multivitamin and multimineral is going to be important. Um, and then, and you can also get that from, I love using a protein powder that has a full vitamin and mineral profile. Um, fish oil is great for most people and a probiotic, um, you know, that has multiple strains. So those three would kind of be basic ones. And then, you know, it really depends on the person. Like if you're stressed out a lot, you might need some extra B vitamins. You might need to consider some adaptogens like we talked about earlier. Um, also, it's important to get your vitamin D levels checked because a lot of people are deficient in vitamin D. You know, even if you live in places like sunny San Diego. Um, and, you know, like we talked about earlier, if someone's on a statin, they might need to consider, or they very much should consider coenzyme Q10. So you have to look at, you know, what medications are you on? Are they depleting any nutrients and do you need those? Um, if you're someone's on a proton pump inhibitor, you know, that's going to have an effect on mineral absorption. So maybe they need a little extra calcium or magnesium. So it's kind of important to really look at the individual, you know, because you don't just want to put like everything in you without any rhyme or reason. Uh, so those are and, you, and, basic and you're you're right saying that, and this is what I always tell people is that your body's needs change all the time. So if you happen to be I think Mary cut if you I think Mary, Mary just cut out. I cut out for a second, but I was saying if you you know happen to be going through a stressful period, you might need some adaptogens or extra bees for a little bit of time or and I wanted to ask you about uh, pregnancies. I have, you know, a lot of people always asking me what to take uh, for preconception and, and during pregnancy. So what, what yeah. would your advice um, be well, there? Thorne has a great prenatal and um, don't quote me on this, but I remember that the, the leading prenatal vitamin, it has something, I think the number was about 28 unnecessary ingredients. Oh, which wow. is very, very alarming. So, um, 
I would make sure it has, you know, your basic uh, vitamins, but then, you know, that it has folate, uh, 5-MTHF, not folic acid. Um, some, most multi or most prenatal vitamins do have iron in them. So I wouldn't take it, but for most people, you know, that's, uh, that's good. But again, you'd want to work with a doctor. You want to get adequate B vitamins, which can help with nausea, um, magnesium, vitamin D again, and then omega-3s, especially DHA, you know, for the developing brain of the baby. And I think, you know, the most important thing is to not think that supplements are going to fill in. I mean, that, that they're not going to make up for a crappy diet. Like, you have to have a exactly. good diet then add in some supplements. And I think so many people, oh, the marketing message from the mainstream is always, oh, you didn't get your, you know, fruits and vegetables? We'll just take this pill. And that's just not going to work. So, um, and it's, they're absolutely, I mean, I've been on so many supplements for several years ever since I had my health breakdown. And they have been really instrumental to adding to my nutrient-dense diet. And I'm sure Mary and you would agree, right, Evelyn? Absolutely. Um, I use, I have a lot of supplements in my house, obviously, but I don't take all of them all the time. You know, it just kind of depends on how I'm feeling. Um, but I'm also a huge fan of using liver detox supplements. You know, we're just bombarded with chemicals in our water and air and food and furniture and cars and everywhere. So it's always a good idea to give your liver some love. And uh, I do notice a huge difference with that. So, so what, is that's the one thorns, what is Thorne's liver detox? Well, I use the protein that's called MediClear SGS. It's chocolate flavored. and it Yeah, has, I like that one. Yeah, it's so good. Oh, my gosh. <laughs> All my friends are on it, too. Um, I like that one because it has the full vitamin and mineral profile, and then it has, you know, added nutrients that help the liver produce phase two liver uh, detox enzymes. And uh, it also has this component called SGS or sulforaphane glucosinolate, which is broccoli seed extract. It's actually patented extract um, from Johns Hopkins, and it is wonderful. So I feel really good about getting that in. And you could actually take that, like for people who are exposed to a lot of environmental toxins, like painters or printers, or, you know, if you're in that kind of environment, that's definitely something to consider. Or people who work in the beauty industry, um, I always get so concerned, you know, walking by nail salons, uh, you know, being exposed to that all day, every day, I would definitely take, you know, extra liver supports so your body can clear some of those toxins out of your body. Yeah, I remember learning about broccoli sprouts being one of the superfoods. Mm-hmm. Yeah, especially for estrogen detox, too. Mm-hmm. Most of us, you know, come in contact with so many pollutants that are environmental estrogens and just by virtue of hormone imbalance as well. Yeah, so, absolutely. Evelyn, let's just give our readers... Our listeners, just a closing word on, you know, like some some tips to remember. Uh, can I talk about one more supplement first that I forgot to mention earlier? Go I think for it. It's kind of important. So another adaptogen that I really like and that's now in seriously everything is maca. 
right? M-A-C-A. I swear everybody is drinking it. It's in like coffee and drinks. And um, so maca comes from a root that's found in Peru. It's been used for, you know, I don't know, thousands of years. Um, And it enhances endurance and it's an adaptogen, just like the ones I talked about earlier. But it's also been found that it can help really with hormonal balance in females. Now, the problem is most people who are buying maca are buying the raw powdered maca. And first of all, in Peru, they don't use it raw. It's cooked or gelatinized. And it also oxidizes very easily. Now, for men, this type of maca, this uh, so uh, in Peru, they have different phenotypes or colors of maca. And the maca that everyone's buying now it's great for men, and even in females, you know, it can probably help with energy. However, if you're taking too much of it, it can have a negative effect. But they found that there is a phenotype of maca that can actually really help women with hormonal balance, women of reproductive age and women um, post-menopause, and they have published research on this. Um, I forget what the name of the phenotype is, but it's in a product called Feminescence, Um, by Natural Health International, and I've seen amazing results from this product. Like, I had a friend who had lost her period for a while, and it came back within a month after taking that, Um, and that's just one isolated example, but I hear this all the time, where people have struggled with fertility for years. Um, This form of maca can be extremely helpful. Um, Is that the purple maca? Sorry? Is that the purple maca? I don't know what the color of it is. Okay. If I could yeah. look up the names and the colors and I could figure it out, I'm not sure. But um, it's different than the, the maca that most people are buying. And they actually did placebo-controlled, um, you know, double-blind studies. And they found that in women with postmenopause, it didn't just alleviate those symptoms like sleeplessness and hot flashes and all of that. Um, but it also helped increase bone mineral density and decrease triglycerides. And it makes sense because if it's regulating the hormones, you know, once women hit menopause, the reason that, you know, the risk of disease, like heart disease goes up is because there's such a huge link with the hormones and everything else in the body. So um, it makes sense to support the hormonal system, you know, with the foundational product. So that's why I also really like maca. It's also helpful um, for mood because it works on, well, all adaptions work on the hypothalamus and pituitary. So a lot of them have a great effect on the adrenals, but maca seems to really have an effect on the, on, on regulating sex hormones without introducing hormones into the body. So I just think that's so interesting, but I didn't know that before because you know I was putting maca in my smoothie because everyone's telling us that it's good for us. So that's just something to, you know, be aware of. Now that's a, a really good point because the a lot of people react very strongly to the raw powdered maca, and that's almost the only kind you can get. It's really hard to find um, anything other than the than raw, from what I've seen and just. Basic you searches. can buy gelatinized, but it's still from that one phenotype that's great for men. So right. So, in yeah. essence, you can find it at Whole Foods and pharmacies and different health food stores. So that's the brand name. Feminine. Yeah, that's so the the company is called Natural Health International, but the brand is Feminessence. Okay. Yeah. Well, well great. great. Uh, we want to thank you, Evelyn, for coming on. This was really informative and very helpful. 
And so thank you so much for being our guest today. Well, tell us. Thank you, ladies. This was fun. Tell our listeners exactly, you know, what your, where you find your information, your website, and what you're, you're doing now. Sure. So um, my website is elevateyourenergy.com. And my podcast is on Blog Talk Radio, if you just search for Elevate Your Energy on there. My Facebook is also facebook.com slash elevateyourenergy. And on my website, I do have a um, free guide for everyone. It's five days to more energy. So everyone can download that. Okay. Great. Yep. So everyone get excited about our upcoming guest. We have Amir Rosick. And he's going to be talking about sleep and other biohacks. And we're going to have Civilized Caveman talking about his new book with Paleo OMG. So we're really excited about that. Make sure and leave us a review on iTunes and share this podcast with your family and friends who want to get healthy. Thanks so much for joining us. See you next time.